Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome once again to the CMI School of Christ. And uh, we're going to go ahead and continue with our class. But before we continue, I just wanted to say this, uh, as you can as you can tell, we are back. Uh, well, I'm back from all the traveling and Bible conferences and everything else. Uh, so I'm having this class this week. <clears throat> it's the first class I've had in a long time, probably since before our summer conference. <coughs> Excuse me. But we're back, and uh, uh, if I hadn't mentioned anything about the summer conference, we do have it on our website, uh, cmintl.org.org, and I think our website should be somewhere on the screen on the bottom there. Uh, the audios should be there. All the videos should be there. So if you want to just, you know, uh, listen in on what was shared during that time, if you haven't already done so, it uh, it, it would be a tremendous blessing, I believe. <clears throat> now, um, what I did want to mention, just because it's really fresh on my heart, and it's the most recent thing um, that I've uh, attended, is the our. Um, it was, it was the 50th year anniversary in Monterey, Mexico, for the the Instituto Bíblico Berea, for the Berea Bible Institute in Monterey, Mexico. We just got back from that. Uh, I think when was it? Everything happened so fast. Uh, actually, it was last week, and last week uh, after we got back. A real long trip, hot trip. It was a hot time down there, like temperature-wise. It was hot. <laughs> um, but after we got back, I pushed up all the videos and stuff on the on our on our UStream page. They're not yet on our website, but you can find them on our UStream page. Uh, I, I would encourage uh, you to download them or listen to them or you know view them. Uh, the Lord willing, here in about the, sometime next week, we should have both the videos and audios on our website. But currently, right now, we only have the videos uh, on our Ustream page. And the way you'd find that is uh, CMI Conferencias in Spanish. And if you go to our, our home page uh, and you scroll down towards the bottom, it'll basically say that in Spanish, Conferencias Conferences. So you can, you know, highlight what it says there, uh, copy, paste it into Ustream, and it should bring you to that page, to our page, our Ustream page. Uh, As I stated, the conference time, the whole entire time, including the graduation, uh, the 50-year anniversary time, it was extremely hot, but it was an extreme blessing uh, just to be there and be a part of that. And uh, at the end, Lord willing, at the end of this week, uh, I'll be sending out an email with a, you know, with with a like a newsletter with with some pictures and just the details on things. But I'll, I'll just I'll just give you a heads up because I think for the last the past couple of classes I was mentioning it for anyone who wanted to donate uh, for the Spanish Strong's Concordances. But I'll just rattle off some numbers real quick. In all, we handed out uh, 32 Spanish Strong's Concordances. We gave them freely to, uh, we gave 25 freely freely to all the uh, 
past graduates to the alumni, basically, uh, pastors and ministers who had need, who didn't even own a computer, but who had need of such a tool. And uh, that's a tremendous blessing to me because in, in my mind, in my heart, it's like if, if you're in the ministry, you need the tools uh, that the Spirit of the Lord uh, can use. Now listen to what I'm going to say to prepare the ground of our heart to turn under the face of Christ. I'm not sure if you thought I was going to go there or not. But that is what it's for. That's what all these tools are for. For one purpose. If it's of God, it has to serve the one purpose of knowing the Son. And the only way that the Son is known is by the Father Himself revealing Him. The only way... Uh, the Father will reveal him is if the heart turns to see Christ. The only way the heart will turn to see Christ is if the Spirit of the Lord has been preparing the ground of our heart to turn and bear an appearing of the Lord. It's all a work of the Spirit. No man can boast in anything. It is all a work of the Spirit. So uh, when I handed out the strongest concordances, uh, as I stated, there were there were 25 freely given to those alumni who are current uh, pastors and ministers uh, who had need. And then I handed uh, seven out to those who were graduating this year. There were uh, seven graduates who were full-time students that graduated, and I can't remember how many uh, other ones who were, who were pastors but never had the opportunity to uh, go to Bible school who were taking night classes. So they're serving the Lord and we handed some out to them too. If, if, you know, if they had need, if they didn't have a computer, we handed them one as well. So I just want to thank you uh, for that. Everything, everything the donations uh, that were given were used for that purpose and everything was given freely. Um, and what I, what I was speaking to those you know, before I handed these uh, strong concordances out to them, I, I basically said this, look, I'm giving this to you with one purpose, so that you may know the Son of the living God, so that you may know Christ. And that's it. You know, and I hope you caught that. I don't say, you know, all these tools are so that we can be better ministers, be better preachers, be better teachers. No, no, no. If the thing is of God, it will serve that one purpose to direct the heart to turn unto the face of Christ. That God the Father may himself reveal the Son who is in the midst, the one we are completely ignorant of. So, handing them those, that's, I gave them the purpose in handing them to them. Um, because that as I stated, is the sole purpose for which all this exists. Jesus said, they are they that testify of me. And because of that testimony, I'm speaking of the scripture here, we are to come to him. The testimony is to cause us to come to him. Basically, the heart turned to the Lord. All right. <clears throat> now, when we use the things given of God for something less, then the Lord can declare what he did in that uh, John chapter 5, I think it was verse 40, 39, 40, somewhere in there. He said, and you will not come to me. So, 
Once again, I reiterate, everything that is given of God is given of God for one purpose, and that is to prepare the ground of our heart to turn unto Christ, unto the Son of the living God, that we may know Him. Also, uh, not only did we hand out Spanish Strong's Concordances, we handed out the 70 School of Christ books from T. Austin Sparks in Spanish. We gave these to all the graduates, all the pastors and ministers, the current pastors and ministers who are alumni that have graduated from that Bible school. They were the first ones to get a copy. After they got a copy, then we handed them out one per family just to make sure that we had enough. We handed out uh, 72 in all. 70 that uh, Market Street Fellowship donated, which I'm so very thankful for, and um, two of them that I had already had that I was going to take down to Mexico anyway um, for the Bible school students. So we handed out approximately, well, not approximate, we handed out a total of 72 of the Tios and Sparks School of Christ books in Spanish. Now, I will say this. If you have no clue what book I'm talking about, just Google School of Christ, T. Austin Sparks. And uh, it, it is a recommended read. I recommend it. Um, the classes that I do, the Skype class that I do with the students here in, in uh, Monterey at the Bible School in Berea, uh, I make it a requirement. That's pretty much the only requirement I have for the class is that they read that book. And every year we give them a book that is their personal book and they're required to read it in the three years that they're there. I think, it be, I think it can be done in three years. But that's just how much of an impact uh, that that has had on my own heart uh, as far as the Holy Spirit being able to take what's written there to prepare the ground of my heart to turn unto the Lord. So I'm thankful for that. Uh, I also handed out for those who for those uh, pastors and ministers and uh, students uh, who did who did have a computer instead of handing them a hardbound strong Bible concordance what we did we handed them a DVD with the Bible software eSword with eSword program on it in Spanish now that is a tremendous um, program it's free we we freely gave it to them. Uh, I'm so very thankful to the the developers, uh, Rick Myers. Uh, I asked his permission. I told him what was what we were going to be doing. I told him what was going on, what we were going to be doing. I asked permission to you know if if I could burn those on a DVD and hand them out to everyone. He said go for it. Basically, you got the spirit of it. Just do it. Everything's got to be freely given, which is exactly what we did. If we knew of someone who had a computer. We had handed them out uh, two DVDs. One DVD, because it didn't all fit on one DVD. Uh, one DVD had the, the eSword, Spanish eSword program in Spanish on it, basically. And the other one had the same exact uh, program, but they were the modules for the iPad. I, I, for, I don't know how many, maybe six months, I was searching the internet for as much uh, Modules, and what I mean by that is like Bibles or concordances or lexicons or dictionaries or commentaries, as much as I could find in Spanish. Uh, got it, compiled it, and converted all those for iPad. So we handed out uh, two DVDs in 
to, to first, as, as I stated, all this was first given to the pastors and ministers who attended who were previous graduates and to the current graduates who just graduated uh, during the time we were there and then to one per family. So just a real quick summary on is what it was on all of that. I'm so thankful for all you who donated for that cause. I'm, I'm so thankful because I know it's something more than just what is on my heart. Uh, it's something I recognize that, that is on the heart of the Lord. As, an, as I stated, all these materials, all these things must serve and will serve the purpose for which God makes them available. And that is so that our heart uh, may, may be prepared, the ground of our heart may be prepared by the Holy Spirit to turn to see the face of Jesus Christ. The God himself would reveal in our heart, in our soul, the Son who is in the midst. So, once again, thank you for that. Uh, and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, I'll, as I stated, I'll, I'll be sending out a newsletter for those of you who I have your emails who contributed and everything. And uh, I'll try to I'm, I still have to go through all these pictures that I have, so I'll try to you know catch the highlights on pictures. I've got about 13 gig of video and pictures uh, alone just of all the happenings. That's not including the conference sessions or the graduation. Uh, that's just of you know highlights of this and that of just everyone being there during that time. So I still need to go through that, but Lord willing, I'll have an email out. Uh, a newsletter with with some more information by the end of this week, Lord willing. <laughs> so you can pray for me on that. All right. Uh, what I want to do um, today, I almost said this morning, what I want to do today is just kind of go over some notes. Uh, it may seem like a little bit of review. Uh, I just want to do a little bit of a catch up. I listened to the last, to the past two classes that... Um, that we did, and just to just to kind of get a, a heads up on where I left off, uh, <clears throat> this particular class, uh, I don't know if, if you guys know this, but I'll just make it clear, this particular class is a bilingual class. Uh, basically, I teach the same class in English and Spanish, so it's going out in two languages. Uh, this English class is basically the same Spanish class that I do on Sundays. Now, the Berea class is a variation of these classes because it's a different, it's, it's a different, uh, how shall I put it? It's a different uh, atmosphere altogether. I mean, it's a one-on-one with the students. So there's a different dynamic of the Lord. So different things are being addressed. But for the most part, this class and the Sunday class are the same class. And um, I just wanted to uh, mention that because if you know anyone speaking uh, that speaks Spanish, then you can direct them to, to our Sunday classes. Uh, at, we broadcast them at six o'clock, so it's kind of an evening class. And but once it's once it's broadcasted, it's there so it can be viewed uh, whenever. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, but with this class, I just wanted to just to mention some things. Um, I've got several notes, and, and I know it. it's not about going through all the notes, but I did want to just touch on some other things. I've got them in like an outline form, so I don't get, uh, I don't, so I don't go too far off on tangents. But 
I just wanted to mention a couple things here, and forgive me if I've already mentioned these. It's just what still continues to be on my heart of the Lord, you know. Uh, so, like, just just this first statement I've got: What happened with Abraham physically? Right? What happened with Abraham physically is what takes place in us who are born again spiritually in reality. Uh, from the moment of new birth, when Christ first appears in the soul. And what I mean by that is when the Lord, the God of glory, appeared unto Abram, unto our father Abraham, when he dwelt, before he dwelt in Haran, when he dwelt in uh, Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Haran, the Lord appeared and basically he took a journey. And then where the Lord was bringing him, called him to bring him, and he says, unto a land I will show thee. And we know that the land that he showed is the land that is full of his glory because the first thing Abram finds in the land is that the Lord appears. He finds the Lord in the land, okay? Now, with my statement once again, what happened with Abraham physically is what takes place in us who are born again spiritually in reality from the moment of new birth. What I mean by that is just this. When we... At the moment of new birth, we are taken out and we are brought in. Now, I know this doesn't really do it justice because this is the land and the land is really our soul. But uh, I'm not sure if I, if I had this diagram in one of our past classes. I may have had it in the Spanish class. But if, if you could go beyond the board and put a circle outside of the board itself, this chalkboard, at the moment of new birth, we are taken out and we are brought in to union with the living God, to union with Christ. But how so? Because Christ, who is the glory of God, appears in the soul. Now, because of Christ appearing in the soul and being in the soul, now our soul is in union with God with Christ himself, all right? Now, and that's reality. That happens the moment of new birth. It is a, it is a translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. Um, seeing then that you are risen with Christ, all these, that happens at the moment of new birth, okay? Now, that's reality, that's what God knows. But see, we don't know that. We don't know what God knows. In fact, we don't know. We are completely ignorant of the one who is in the midst. And that's what it comes down to. Knowing the one who is in the midst. Because God the Father knows the one who is in the midst. It's our heart that is completely ignorant of the one who is in the midst. So now, reality already have taken place, has taken place at the moment of new birth. Now, the Lord is calling our heart that it may come to where the Spirit of the Lord has already brought our soul in reality. So, really, all that's happening is just simply this. The heart is turning yet once again unto the Lord that the Lord may appear. See, before we were born again, the Spirit of God was preparing the ground of our heart uh, 
by every means possible that was a sem- even a semblance of his testimony. You know, um, by, by, by reading a track, by some, by, by some Christian brother or sister just saying, you know, Jesus loves you. All these things that are, that are gathering fragments of the testimony, you know, all that the Holy Spirit is using to prepare the ground of our heart that it may turn. Okay? God the Father determines that time because He is the one who brings the heart and soul unto Christ. Remember, Jesus said this, No man can come to me except the Father draw him. It is a work of, of the tender mercy and ever-abounding grace of God. No man can boast in one bit of it. No man can boast in that he was born again. No man can boast in that the Father reveals his Son in the heart and soul of the heart that turns. No man can boast. There's, man has no boast in, all, in any of that. Our boast is in the Lord, who has been so merciful and gracious unto us. Okay? So, <clears throat> this, before one's born again, the Holy Spirit has been preparing the ground of the heart and then the Father, it's the determined time of the Father when the heart finally turns, Christ appears. The glory of God appears. Who is Christ? He appears in the soul. All right? Reality has taken place. Now the Holy Spirit continues yet once again to prepare the ground of our heart to bear yet another appearing of the Lord. But this appearing of the Lord is simply to know the one who is present. Because at the time, at the moment of new birth, Christ is present in the soul. If Christ were not present in the soul, the person would not be born again. But at the moment of new birth, Christ is present in the soul. The heart and soul of the believer is just ignorant of the one who is in the midst. Ignorance, that's all it is. Ignorance of reality. The reality of God who is Jesus Christ himself, his son. Okay? So then, you know, during that time, we're like Abram in Haran. You know, nothing's... The eternal change has come, which is not I, but Christ, who's present, who lives. But I'm not governed by that change. I still, I'm still governed by what I believe to be my life. I'm still governed by my concept of what I believe my life is. I'm still governed by my concept of what I believe my relationship with God is. Do you see? Though reality has come in the person of Christ, I am still governed by what I'm beholding. I'm still governed by the natural mind, mind by the carnal mind, because I have myself in view. So then here I, here I go, having all these uh, prayers. Lord, well, you've got to help me. Can you hear it? You've got to help me. Why do I always do this, Lord? Or, Lord God, why did I do this? Or, why did this happen to me? Or this or that? Or, help me to be more like Jesus. You know, please, I'm not making fun of any of that. Okay? Because I prayed those prayers. The thing is this. All that time, we are ignorant of the One who is in the midst. We have ourselves in view. Uh, Monday, driving up to the research center on Monday... The Lord put this uh, thought on my heart, and I'll, I'll jot it down in my notes because it's not here, but I'll just write this.
And uh, you can you can check out that Monday night open forum this past from this past Monday, uh, if you like. It was it was a it was a pretty good open forum. Um, we were talking about uh, the calling, God's call, and God uh, uh, predetermining uh, before the foundation of the world. And uh, it was on August the third, so you can find it by date. The Monday night open forum, August the third. You can check it out if you want, but. The Lord put on my heart just that phrase, conflict of interest. And see, here's the thing. Before we are born again, we are self-absorbed. Our interest is us, ourselves, and everything having to do with us and how things affect or don't affect us. We're the object in view. All right. Well, that's just man. Man is self-centered. God, on the other hand, is interested in only his son. Not what Jesus can do for us, but just his son. I've, because I've been sharing uh, concerning, you know, the heart coming to the purpose for which God created it, you know, that has to happen. It must. It must. But see, when the heart turns to the Lord and the veil is removed and God the Father reveals His Son who is in the midst, at that very moment, and I've stated this, at that very moment, now the Son who has always been in the midst now begins to govern. Remember, the Lord gave all Israel, when He brought Israel out of Egypt, the Lord gave all Israel the land. But then He spoke this to Joshua. Anywhere the sole of your foot steps, behold, I have given it unto you. Well, He already gave the land to Israel. Well, now, Joshua is a type of Christ, the head. Anywhere Joshua appears, that portion of the land is governed by Joshua. Though the whole land belongs to Israel, Israel is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I know, I know. At the baptism, God says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The Lord spoke to Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my, in, I think it was in, it was either ex, I think it might have been Exodus. He says, "Israel, listen to what I'm going to say. Israel is my son. Singular, not plural. Singular. Let my son go, that he may serve me." The whole land was given to Israel, the son, and then it's declared. Anywhere you place your foot, I've given it unto you. Anywhere you, where you appear, now you govern there. And it's the same here. Every time our heart turns to the Lord, yes, the reality, the judgment comes. It is not I, but Christ who is present. And that judgment governs our heart. That reality governs our heart. Ignorance no longer governs. Remember? 
Ignorance no longer governs, for we behold and see Him who is the life of the soul. And more than that, we behold and see Him who is life, period. Whether one is born again or not, Christ is life. All right? So, when He appears, He has the preeminence. Up until the point where He appears, where He is revealed to the Father, we have the preeminence. Basically, we rule, we govern. Well, our carnal mind rules and our carnal mind governs in ignorance. So, the Lord would not have us ignorant, but He would have us behold the One who is in the midst. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's just a matter of our heart turning unto the Lord. And that's what it's all about. All right. Um, now I'll say this. Just like Abraham, who was called to behold the one who is in the land, when he says, Come out, of, come out from thy land, from thy kindred, unto a land I will show thee. And he reiterates the very exact same thing. Uh, come out from thy land, from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. To behold the one who is in the land, because the land that he shows is a land that is full of the glory who is Christ the Son himself. The glory of God. All right. We who are born again are called just the same to behold the one who is now present in the soul from the very moment of new birth. There's no difference. The purpose doesn't change uh, because Christ doesn't change. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. When our hearts turn to behold the Lord and God, God the Father reveals the Son who is in the midst, we are now governed by the change that we were brought into, or shall I say that was brought into us at the moment of new birth then we're governed by the change. Okay? But as far as reality goes, nothing changes. At the moment of new birth, we come. There, there is, uh, at the moment of new birth, there is the eternal change, which is not I but Christ. And then, it's just a discovering from that moment onward, the one who's in the midst. All right. Um, let's see. <clears throat> These are just a couple of verses kind of reiterating that. Uh, this is Acts chapter 7, one, verses 1 through 4. This is verse 2. It, and he said, and Stephen said, Men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. The God of glory appeared unto our Father. Verse 3, And said unto him, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I shall show thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans, and dwelt in Koran. Uh, and from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him unto this land wherein you now dwell. So, who's the doing of the action? Okay, uh, so Abraham came out, Abram came out, and Abram came out again, or really, was it when the God of glory appeared, Abram was instantly translated. And now the Lord in his great tender 
mercy and ever-bounding grace once again brings now his heart unto where he has brought his soul in reality. To see the reality of God that is present in the face of his son. All right? And I've got, uh, yeah, God does this. I, I stated it before. Excuse me. Sorry, I'm, I'm shuffling through different Bible translations here or Bible apps. And what I want to look at is Joshua chapter 24. We're going to start with verse 1. <clears throat> verse 1 through 3. And just listen, listen to this. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers. And they presented themselves before, the, before God. Yeah, and before God, that word before is Strong's number 6440, and you can look it up in any concordance, and it's before the face of God. Their hearts turn to the Lord. But it's in Shechem where Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel. And this is Sechem where Abram came, and this is where the Lord appeared. Unto Abram. Now it says, uh, presented themselves before the face of God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, uh, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. Verse 2, how he says it, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, Terah, the father of Abraham and, um, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I, the Lord God of Israel, and I took your father from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac and led him throughout all the land of Canaan. Well, what was it that Abram, Abraham was discovering what we've been looking at during our classes throughout this whole time while he's journeying through Canaan? Or shall we say it because of this verse, as the Lord is leading him through the land. He's discovering the Lord himself who is present in the midst. Remember, every appearing of the Lord. As Abram goes somewhere, comes back, all of a sudden, the Lord appears. But listen how it says it. I took your father and I led him throughout all the land. I did this. I did this. Man did not do this. I did this. Okay, and I, that's, that's, that's what I want us to look at. Uh, picking up with verse 4. To verse 8. And I gave unto Isaac, Jacob, and Esau. And I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses also to Aaron. And I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward, I brought you out. Verse 6. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt. 
and ye came unto the sea. And the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. And ye dwelt in the wilderness a long season. Verse 8, And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side, the other side Jordan. And they fought with you, and I gave them into your land, that ye might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Basically saying, I brought you in, and listen, I caused you to possess the land. Okay, now, uh, looking at it uh, in terms of a believer and uh, our soul, Israel is the son. Okay? Our souls are possessed of the son when he appears. And a better way of putting it, because we have all these connotations with the term possessed, our souls are governed by life. Our heart is governed by life when the son who is life appears. At the moment of new birth, life is present because Christ, who is life, has appeared in the soul. Ah, but our hearts and souls are not governed by life. They continue governed by death until the light of life appears. Until he appears the second. At that moment, then we are governed by the life that is present. It's at that moment, okay? Now, where was I? It is God who brings us to behold his appearing throughout the entire land, just as he brought Abram to discover the one who's present in the entire land. That the one who's present may fully rule and reign in righteousness, our heart and our soul. And this, my brother and sister, is the salvation of our soul. This is where we are possessing our souls in patience. This is where uh, we are finding our souls, listen, at rest, at peace. All this takes place when the Son of God appears the second. When God the Father reveals His Son where He is for the one who's born again. And that's in this heart and in the soul. Okay. Um, I want to look at, uh, <clears throat> for some reason, I've got a term here. Ah, uh, this is from, from reading from Acts chapter 7. Uh, with, with verse 4, it says, uh, And from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into this land. Now, that word removed is Strong's number 3351. And this is the BDAG, the Greek English lexicon of the New Testament, Danker. And it says, To remove to another place of habitation. This is Loenida, Greek English lexicon of the New Testament. To cause someone to change a place of habitation. Uh, this is the Little and Scott uh, intermediate Greek English lexicon. It says, to lead settlers to another abode. And this happened, verse 4 again, then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Koran, which is Haran, and from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him, that is to say, 
he brought him to another place of habitation. See, his heart was dwelling. Once again, get thee out of thy father's house. His heart was dwelling where his life was not found. All right, with the believer, Christ who is our life. The Lord caused him, the Lord caused him to come from dwelling in ignorance unto dwelling in the truth, unto dwelling in reality, unto dwelling in the purpose for which God created the soul in the first place the appearing of His Son. Okay? I think it's like Colossians chapter 3. Seeing then that you are risen with Christ. Let me go ahead and just pull that verse up real quick. Um, Colossians chapter 3. I'll just start with verse 1. It says, If then you have been raised with God. Since then you have been risen with Christ, raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind, set your heart on that which is above, not on that which is on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You're abiding here and all the Apostle Paul is saying in Colossians 3, chapter 3, verse, verses like 1 through 3 that we've read, is now, set your heart, abide over here. Abide where your life is found, above. Okay? <clears throat> I need to change the translation that I'm looking at. I'm not used to that translation. Okay. Then verse 4, when Christ who is our life, shall appear, then ye also shall appear with him in glory. And that's the thing. When Christ appears, then you appear to be found in union with Christ, in union with God. Then reality governs. Then the truth governs. But it's only when Christ appears. Okay? All right, uh, going on. <clears throat> so I'm not even sure we're going to get past these notes here. Yeah. Uh, this is Galatians 1, 15 through 16. But when it pleased God, it wasn't, uh, Paul didn't say, but when I, when I decided to, or, but when it pleased me, or when I considered... No, no, no. Remember? There's no boast here in man. There's no boast in self. The boast is in God and in God alone. We glory in the Lord. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace... There's the call. For what end? For what purpose? To reveal His Son in me. And now... The results of that, that I might preach him. That's just one of the results of that. Um, But God does this. God is the one continually doing this. Um, Yes, God is the one who does this. 
All right, and that's this is basically the purpose right here. It's found in Acts chapter 26, verse. Uh, I'll just read verse 15 through 16 because this is how it starts. Well, <clears throat> let me go to that passage. And I'll read, this is, I'm going to be reading out of the James Murdoch's translation of the Syriac Peshito, if I can find it here. Well, I know I've got it somewhere. Excuse me, I've got to find where I've got that translation. I've got it in one of these Bible apps. Just go ahead and change it. Here it is, James Murdoch's translation of the Syriac Peshito. This is Acts chapter 26, and we're going to start with uh, let's start with verse 12, and I'll make a note here. Start with verse 12. It says, "This is uh, Paul speaking during the time he was Saul of Tarsus, and as I was going for the purpose to Damascus, for this purpose." to Damascus, uh, basically, uh, verse verse 10, which I also did at Jerusalem, or verse 9, for I myself at first resolved in my own mind that I would uh, perpetrate many adverse things against the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which I also did in Jerusalem, and by the authority I received from the chief priests, I cast many of the saints into prison. And when they were put to death by them, I put part, I took part with those that condemned them. And in every synagogue I tortured them, uh, while I pressed them to become revilers of the name of Jesus. And in the and in the great wrath which with which I was filled against them, I also went to other cities to persecute them. And, here's verse 12, and, let me change that to verse 10 over here in my notes, because that's where I need to start reading. And, as I was going for this purpose to Damascus with the authority and license of the chief priests, basically to waste the church, at midday on the road I saw, O king, a light exceeding that of the sun, beaming from heaven upon me and upon all those with me. And when and we all fell to the ground. Everyone was affected. And I heard a voice, but not everyone heard the voice, which said to me in Hebrew, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is it will be a hard thing for thee to uh, kick against the goads. The God of glory appears unto Saul of Tarsus. Beautiful, beautiful picture. And I said, My Lord, who art thou? And see, that, that's the thing. We don't want to confess our, ignorant, our ignorance of the one who's present in the midst from the moment of new birth. When the glory of God, who is the Lord Jesus Christ himself, appears in the soul, which is the moment of new birth, we don't want to confess, confess our ignorance of him. We'd rather say, well, I know about Jesus. I know him. No, but we do not. I'm so thankful that it's written here in the scriptures so clearly the way it truly is in our hearts at the time. And I said unto him, and I said, my Lord, who art thou? I recognize you're greater. I just don't know who you are. 
right? And our Lord said to me, I am Jesus the Nazarene whom thou persecutest. Verse 16, and he said to me, stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to constitute thee a minister and a witness, because you have been a minister and a witness of what you have been beholding. But now I will constitute thee a minister and a witness of this, of something completely other, something completely different, of this, thy seeing me and of thy seeing me hereafter. And of thy seeing me hereafter. That, my brothers and sisters, is what it's all about. Seeing the Lord Jesus Christ from that moment onward. Okay? It's all about Him. All about Him. All right, uh, this, is, this is another verse. This is Isaiah chapter 46, verse 3 through 13. And uh, you'll, you'll be able to see here just... Well, let's see, it's not moving. Come on. There we go. Just how much the Lord it really is. Verse 3. Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born by me from the belly, which are carried by me, which are carried by me from the belly, born of me uh, from the belly, which are carried from the womb, but when God, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, which are carried from me or excuse me, which are carried from the womb. Verse 4, And even to your old age, I am he, and even to whore hairs, which is gray hairs, I will carry you. I have, and I will. God, who led our father Abraham through the land, I have borne you, I have carried you, and I will continue to bear you, and I will continue to carry you. Once again, this is, this, is, this is what God wants to do in our hearts, that we may discover the one who fills the land, that we may discover the son who fills the land. This is God's thing. This isn't our thing. This isn't about us. This is centered upon the Son of God. It pleases God to reveal the Son who is in the soul. It pleases God to reveal the Son who is in the land. Therefore, He wants to bring the heart throughout the entirety of the land that the heart and soul of the one who is born again may behold the one who is present in the midst. This is, this is what He does. This is what gives Him pleasure to do. All right. Uh, he, and even to the whore hairs, the gray hairs, will I carry you. I have made and I will bear. He's the one who created the soul. He's the one who will bear bear us. Even I will carry and I will deliver. Now that term deliver is Strong's number 44.22 in the New International uh, Dictionary of Old Testament Theology and Exegesis, the Nidot, Nidoti, forgive me if I'm pronouncing the acronym wrong, 
Uh, it's in the peel, peel stem of the Hebrew, and it means save. I will, even I will carry, and I will save. I will bring about the salvation of your soul. I will bring about you experiencing the salvation of your soul. And remember how I stated it earlier, the appearing of Christ in our heart and in our soul is the salvation of our soul. He is the salvation of God. We don't experience the salvation of, of the Lord until we behold the one who's present. Remember the Lord, uh, when he was bringing him out of Egypt, stand still and behold the salvation of the Lord. We just don't want to stand still. We want to keep moving and keep doing. We want to, we want to, I want to do versus allowing God to do what only God can do. Reveal that which he hath done in the person of his son. New birth, revealing the one who's present. Okay? <clears throat> All right. Um, this is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 10 through 11. To know Christ is a miracle of God. Okay? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. And he hath set the world or uh, eternity, if, if you look at it, let me, let, me look, let me look it up real quick. Uh, let's see, where were we? Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse, we're in verse 11 at the moment. He, he hath set the world, Strong's number 5769, and it's, let me see, let me, let me look at a different Bible app here, because, <laughs> sorry, those, uh, those definitions were in Spanish. Um, where is it? Ecclesiastes 3, and it was verse 11. I was doing a search somewhere, and I lost the search I was doing. Oh, well. Uh, let's let's go back to this. Okay. World Strong's number fifty-seven sixty-nine. Properly concealed, that is the vanishing point. Generally, time out of mind, past <clears throat> or future. That is uh, practically eternity. Excuse me, I need another cough drop. I started this class with one cough drop, and this is my second cough drop. Okay. So he hath set eternity in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Man cannot know. 
but it's that con- that which is concerning eternity has been set in the heart of man, but man cannot know the one who's present from the moment of a new birth, the beginning for man, or the end, beholding the one who's present. Man cannot know this eternal one who is present, Christ himself. It's a miracle of God. Okay, let's see. Um, We're running out of time here. This is uh, Abraham called. This is Hebrews 11, verse 8 through 10. By faith, when he was called to go out into a... um, into a place which he should arrive, which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out not knowing whither he went. See, there's a good confession. Born again, God calls. Hey, I don't know what you're calling unto, Lord. Very sadly, we give definition to what only God can define in the person of his son. Uh, But here... Thank God for the writer of Hebrews. He says, he went out not knowing whither he went. All right, verse 9. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God, that which is now come in Christ, in the person of Christ himself. We ought to be looking for him a city which hath foundations and the light thereof is the lamb we should be looking for him at all times Um, now concerning the call and I'll just you know wrap it up in these last two verses concerning the call this is Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 13. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Listen to the way it's, it's written here, increasing in the knowledge of God. It didn't say increasing in the knowledge about God. Let me go ahead and just look at that just to make, make sure um, what it says here. This is, uh, once again, Colossians. And the the word of it's it's not even it's not even there in the original. Uh, the word uh, knowledge is recognition that is by implication full discernment acknowledgement of God, increasing in the knowledge of God. That is God's knowledge governing the heart. 
versus man's knowledge. All right. Uh, verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet, which has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints, listen to this, in light. The saints that walk in the light of his countenance. Remember, I think it was like last class of the previous class, we looked at verse 89. Um, Truth and mercy preparing the way for the countenance of the Lord. The light of his countenance is the light of his countenance right here. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Who hath. That's a past tense. Who hath. All right. Let me look at another verse here. This is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. And once again, we're just looking at the phrase call, uh, called me by his grace, the Apostle Paul says. Uh, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me. And um, the other verse that we read uh, concerning Abraham in Hebrews 11, verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called of God, Okay, so this is Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. And that term vocation is, uh, let me just look it up real quick, just to double check and make sure. Yeah, Strong's number 2821. And in the Strong's definition, it says, an invitation figuratively translated calling. In the BDAG, the Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament Danker, um, it's not the same word, but for some reason I've got Strong's number 1680 there. And Strong's number 1680 is hope, ah, which I got from Ephesians 1.18. Sorry about that. That's where I came from. Forgive me. Uh, going back to Ephesians 1.18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. The hope of His calling Strong's definition is to anticipate usually with pleasure, expectation, the expectation of his calling. Okay. Uh, and the last, the last thing I just wanted to mention here uh, during this time is just this. Currently, what's our treasure? What is it that we value? What is it that is our interest? Is there a conflict of interest, as I stated uh, from the beginning of the class? You know, a, conf a conflict of interest. God the Father is, 
is eternally interested in his son. And man is completely interested in himself. And where do our hearts uh, find ourselves? Uh, This is Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What do we consider valuable? What do we consider of worth? Uh, And I'm not saying this to condemn, but I'll just give you an example. Brother and sister, me personally, if I... Well, I'll just say it this way. Me personally, I consider myself, what I believe to be my life, as valuable. I consider uh, what I believe to be my life as treasure. And God will use it. No, excuse me. The way I say that is, and God will use me. And I know that God will use me. Well, I'm using that as an example. God will use me. Me, 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 I, I, I. But I also do know this, that I can pray out, I can cry out, pray to the Lord, and say, Lord, except you bring my heart like you brought Abraham, except you carry me and bear me by your Spirit as you did Abraham, I will continue being governed by ignorance. Believing I have some life apart from Christ, who is my life? And I can pray, Lord, in your tender mercy and ever abounding grace, bear my heart, bring my heart. Then my heart would turn and behold the face of your beloved Son who is in the midst, that my heart and soul would behold the life of my soul, Christ, who is my life. Only you can do this, Lord. I cannot do this. If I could do this, I would have reason to boast if it could be done. But I cannot do this. Let it please you, Father, to do that which only you and you alone can do. Let it please you to reveal your Son in me. May your Holy Spirit prepare the ground of my heart until that prayer is and does become the desire of my heart. And I trust you to do it. And you all can pray that same prayer that we would walk, begin to walk, continue to walk, forever walk in the light of his countenance for his glory. So, I'll leave you with that for this class, that the Lord would cause us to see the one who's in the midst, that we would see our life, that we would see Christ, the Son of the living God who is our life, and no longer behold that which we believe to be our life, that our heart would turn that our heart would turn by the Spirit of the Lord bearing us.
that he would bring our heart in understanding from our understanding, which is ignorance and vanity, unto his understanding, the knowledge of God, increasing in the knowledge of God, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Okay. We'll leave you for this class. We'll see you in our next class. The Lord bless you all. And may the Holy Spirit continue to do what he does, prepare the ground of our heart to bear in appearing of the Lord. Amen.